This is the New Strength Way podcast, where we share tools, strategies, and inspiring stories to help you live a stronger life. I'm your host, Jacob Hodson, and let's do this. Welcome back to the New Strength Way podcast. Today, I'm here at Cornerstone Strength Conditioning with my good friend, uh, Mike Holt. He's the owner here. He's also had quite a variety of uh, a background. He previously was an engineer, which we're going get, to get into in the shift in industries. And then also the thing that I think we're here more importantly to talk about today is men's health specifically and some of the exciting things that Mike's been setting up over the last uh, few months and really this journey that he's been on over the last couple of years, uh, which is, that's really what we're here for. So Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jacob. It's uh, yeah, always good to talk to you. Thanks, mate. So let's kick off. Uh, if you want to tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself uh, and a little bit of your journey into uh, whether it be sport, fitness, and kind of what got you to this point in like running a gym. Okay. Um, yeah, I suppose we'll start from the, the rough beginning. As a kid, grew up playing soccer. Soccer was like just my major passion. Played a few other sports, golf, tennis, all that sort of stuff. Um, made it into the, the breakers, the old breakers development squad. Um, so that was when I was 13. And so kind of was on that elite path to to, to being a professional footballer, which every young boy's dream, or a lot of young boys' dreams. Um, and so, yeah, through that, just, yeah, continued to play, ended up playing, um, you know, almost 150 games in the Newcastle NPL, uh, first grade games for Western. And, um, yeah, that was kind of, like, throughout that whole time, I, you know, would go to the gym in the off-season, just do what they normally do at every other Globo gym and and that you see everyone doing at the running on the treadmill and, and pumping the weights that you got no idea what you're doing so that's the standard start I feel like that is the rite of passage start oh. to a, a trainer in like our age bracket yeah. I think the guys that are coming up now that are kind of like in that early 20s have had the luxury of starting with people like coming under like mentoring under yourself or me or like many of the other quality gyms that are around now but I think uh we all had this unique thing that was like we all went through like five years of knowing nothing yeah it was a very different landscape back then like there was no such thing really no such thing as like a boutique gym like they just they just weren't done um and and particularly around performance so like I think I started in the gym when I was like 14 my parents took me up to like it was for sports performance and you know I wanted to get better and they took me up to the local PT and he was a bodybuilder and had really no idea about athletic performance and you know just did follow that for a little while but um, yeah, that was that was kind of that journey, and then um, yeah, obviously through that process, school, uh, and yeah, ended up doing engineering at uni. Um, so I spent five years doing that. Um, got out to the workforce, was an engineer in Newcastle for three and a half years, and then um, yeah, playing football all through that time. And then my wife moved to Alice Springs for an opportunity uh, for seven months, and she pretty much said hey, I don't want to move back to Newcastle. Uh, what are we doing? Um, and I was, we were always keen to sort of move somewhere else and live somewhere else. And, and so I was like, oh, I'll see what I can do. Ended up getting a job um, uh, over in Perth with uh, a, a big company over there. And I got over there 10 weeks later and they made me redundant in the first week back in 2012 when the iron ore price just crashed. Um, yeah, so last in first out um, but I was really fortunate enough I had some skills and some contacts and managed to pick up another job uh, working for Rio Tinto um, for yeah I did work there for three and a half years which was based out of Perth but a lot of work up in the Pilbara 
uh, which was fantastic. And um, yeah, that's honestly, it's an amazing part of Australia and everyone should visit the Kimberley, the Pilbara, Central Australia. Like it's particularly coming out of COVID, it's just absolutely spectacular and unlike anything I've ever seen in the world. Um, Little plug for Tourism Australia. Yeah, I think that's needed right now too. Yeah, um, and so yeah, my wife came over and she she'd had let's say a good time in Alice Springs, and I was like, you know, she used to play touch footy and, and be pretty sporty, and I was like, oh, you should try this new thing. It's called CrossFit. Like this is 2012. CrossFit was kind of starting to get bigger. It was a new thing back then. Yeah, and um, I was like, yeah, you should try this thing. And so yeah, she uh, she went and did that, and she got really into it. And um, yeah, I ended up joining as well and and sort of we were on that journey and we just met some incredible people who were incredibly knowledgeable and yeah obviously I'd have been exposed to sort of like a little bit of strength conditioning when I was playing sport um, but that kind of yeah um, developed my understanding of a few extra things and then it was probably it wasn't so much CrossFit but more the people that were involved in like really good physios and really good powerlifters and stuff like that guys who were a bit more specialist um, learning from them about how to do everything and, and we learned so much over like the, the couple of years that we did it over there. Um, Sam had done her um, certificates and she was actually coaching by, you know, by 2013. Um, and uh, yeah, that kind of, yeah, I had done my certs as well and we were sort of really getting into that coaching scene as well. Um, and we were looking at starting something over in Perth and then an opportunity came up to, to open a gym um, also, sorry, to take over a gym here in, in Newcastle in Adamstown. And uh, we're on a holiday in Vietnam, over a few margaritas and, and Long Island iced teas. And we're just like, yeah, how hard could it be? And, you know, like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I wasn't super passionate about engineering. I really love it. I really like it. But there are a lot of parts that I just weren't super passionate about my boss was like yeah you should read this paper about like I was a geotech engineer so you, know, you should read this paper about the rocks and the fractures and I'm like yeah yeah cool and then I put it to the side and you know by the end of the three years there's this giant pile of papers that I hadn't read because I just didn't like I was more interested in like I just love watching videos on strength and conditioning and athlete performance and all that sort of stuff and that was my background that's what I love and sport was like just such a huge passion for me so um yeah, that, that kind of stemmed that. And yeah, so 2015, we, uh, we, we made the call and, and opened up the gym, really. And uh, I yeah. love that, man. And let's, uh, let's quickly touch on, like, obviously, uh, like, in engineering, it's kind of like a, a, not necessarily a stable job, but a more traditionally stable job. You can go and you can work for a big company. Obviously, downturns and stuff like that happen, and you can get made redundant like you were in that first case. But it starting out in a a new industry that you haven't really had much experience in like the fitness industry even though it's a super passion project like was there reservations or like fears around like oh we both are leaving these like solid stable jobs that make reasonably well money Mm. and then jumping into this this new thing like or was that the uh too many drinks that in in vietnam you're like ah it's got to be got to work out yeah, it was sort of like, oh, how hard could it be? Like, how, how, how hard could running a business be? Like, we've you know, been pretty closely involved with a lot of people in, in, in Perth who are doing it. And I was like, yeah, these guys are pretty, like, they're smart and stuff. But, like, yeah, how could, how hard could it be? But I suppose the biggest things for me were, like, I was looking for something else um, at that time. Like, I would – and the, and these are, I mean, the big, big reasons why we started it was, like, I would look at, you know, the two, two guys across the boardroom table – and one of the guys would be talking really passionately about 
water or whatever, and, you know, water pit slopes or whatever. And then the other guy just like was just like hating on life, just hated being there, just didn't really like his job and essentially just collecting a paycheck. And I was like, well, I'm not super passionate about this. I'm not you. And I definitely don't want to be you, just the guy who's just like living this life. So, yeah, I just, I wanted to... I wanted to be able to look my kids in the eye and we didn't have kids at that stage but you know I wanted to look at our kids our future kids in the eye and say take a risk in life follow your dreams like you can do anything um, and we're here to support you um, yeah I wanted to like speak from experience with that and not just sit back and go ah oh, like you know you can do anything and then yeah it's not really like it doesn't carry as much weight so yeah that was sort of like a big a big part of the reason and, and we were like I was like 27 or 28 or something like that and we were, you know we could always go we had some fallback like that was there was always a safety net as an engineer you, there's always a factor of safety there right so yeah, yeah. I, I think on that I have a I have a really good friend he's a uh, he's trained as a lawyer and like double degree in business and law mm. and he's actually an apprentice chef yeah and the dude is the most epic chef that you'll ever see like uh, he's actually you know Connor Gledhill right yeah, yeah yeah so he's Connor's little brother we went to school together yeah cool uh, but he is like the most incredible like love of cooking. We used to go over his place and he'd, we'd just sit there and eat food that he'd make for us mm. all the time. But it was like, what a fallback option. Like if you're fallback from doing what you love as being a lawyer, yeah. like you're pretty well set. Yeah, and that's what it was for me. Like, you know, I've got heaps of contacts in, in engineering. Like we could always fall back to that. Sam's worked in hospitality in lots of different industries. She's like, um, so she's got an easy job there. My parents live around the corner. Like we were going to move in with my parents. We're going to move in with my parents for six months um, and end up being uh, two years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they were happy to get rid of us. But, you know, and we had a house and like we'd bought and sold and, and I, I suppose I was making steps like as I said being an engineer you always sort of take steps to to tick tick the boxes around making sure that you'll be okay at the end of the day yeah um, awesome man uh, let's let's touch on that like as a from an engineering mind and we sp- briefly spoke about the idea of this before the episode but there's a very like traditional that strength conditioning route that if you go through cert 3 and 4 in fitness or like a degree in sports science you get taught this one way uh, which is actually quite opposite of like the people who come up through now you see the coaches that come on from a CrossFit background they get taught kind of it's not a diff- it's not completely different or like the principles are essentially the same but it comes from a different angle and like the way they think about things is a little bit differently and then they apply those principles as they learn them or go going through a little bit deeper mm. uh, coming from the engineering background what were you able to take from that and apply that into this new field of uh strength conditioning side of stuff that you're doing now that's a little bit different to the norm or like maybe just some values that you got from that because i think that's a really important thing in the industry is like we all have this fundamental knowledge here which is valuable Mm. but a lot of the time it's how you apply it and how you can use that to fit with the client there is there some things that you feel like worked really really well for you and with the way that you think because of your background yeah i suppose the probably the biggest thing that comes to mind and, and we can talk about like communication and lots of different stuff around um, interactions in in that world but i think the biggest thing is probably like like risk factors and um like risk reward i suppose would be the the conversation it's like cool if, if i do this with this person like i mean our first principle is always like do no harm Okay, so but it's like okay, well, if they do this squat this way, you know, is that risky? How risky? Um, and you know, what's the what's the level of risk that we're willing to to put on that movement or exercise or that person um, to achieve an adaptation? Um, so I think that's probably like 
the one thing that comes to mind is just understanding that risk profile and that you know just just because um, just because the I think that came unplugged yeah um, just because you are taught to do something one way doesn't mean it's going to be right for someone else um, and but also understanding like the weight of risk that that carries with each person like every movement everything that you do there's a risk like walking down the street there's a risk so um, yeah I'm probably more on the side of let's take you to where I think you can go and then maybe if it's a little bit too hard we come back a little bit whereas I think probably like a, a traditional sort of thing is like let's get you doing glute raises for six weeks and then we'll see if like this works and sort of build you up over like 10 weeks which you can miss a lot of stuff and it's not as yeah that's that's probably like just understanding that risk profile is yeah. probably the biggest thing I reckon and the, and the thing that comes to mind with that too is it's so individual on like the context of the client so for somebody who's just wanting to come in and they're like hey you know what I want to lose like 10 kilos I want to be back fit healthy playing with my kids like I do want to feel strong and I enjoy lifting heavy weights mm. uh, but that doesn't mean that you need to go on max them on a deadlift or like to mm. the point where you would push them to uh, letting too much form slip or anything like that because it's like well your priority is still just playing with the kids mm, mm. you want to go and break a world record or something like that now and, and that's going to happen or it might happen in that situation it's like that's kind of like the risk is will, willing to take or you're willing to take the risk if it's the reward is super high mm. uh, and i think some of the, some of the bits that some people can miss and often it's on the on the side of the clients like or on like as an athlete yourself, because I know you get after your training too and mm. I'm in the same boat, but it's like some days it's like, oh, that, that one was pretty hard and my back didn't feel great, but I'm just going to go that next little bit because I really want to push myself on this. <laughs> and it's like, at the end of the day, like I'm, like, I'm a business owner, I'm a, I'm a dad now as well. It's stuff that I need to really like take into account with that sort of stuff too. And like, I'm like a part-time amateur strongman. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need to really push myself that hard. It's like, uh, to the point of where I'm willing to risk an injury for the sake of getting a lift that I, in training even. Yeah. Competition, maybe it's a different story. Maybe you need to do it to win. But in training, it's a big, big difference. And I think that comes down to, as you, you were mentioning, a, a communication as well with that of having that mutual level of understanding between yourself and the client mm. so that it's like, okay, cool. Like, I know you really want this right now, but you know it's only feeding your ego. It's not yeah. actually feeding your goals. Yeah, and, and that's what, like, I mean, like, our name is Cornerstone and whether that's a, a throwback to like the geotech foundation sort of world that that I lived in but you know solid fa- like we like our catch cries solid foundation start the cornerstone um, you know coming from the foundation world like you really need to like have a pu- like not have a purpose um have a process um, and you, you, you really need to start from the base and and helping our, our members um, realise that, yeah, I know you, that's what you want to do, but right now, like, this is kind of where you're at, and if we don't get these foundations set, I mean, if we don't get these right, um, you're like, I've seen what landslides and, and, and mine pit failures and stuff like that can look like when you don't have the right foundations. Um, and so, yeah, your whole life can come crumbling down, so let's maybe spend a bit more time building you up and uh, setting you up for success. So, yeah, they're probably, like, the two things that... Yeah. I love that, man. That's great. Uh, let's start to shift gears in towards the men's health side of things. Uh, recently, or fairly recently, you reached out uh, to me with a big message about the Junto and uh, explaining like your, your passion in men's health and what you wanted to uh, get out there to more and more people. And it was 
even though it was a, a really, really long message, it kept me super engaged because I, I, I really uh, resonated with all this, everything that you were talking about there. And I'm yet to actually make the, uh, the, group, the group meetups for that yet, but it's definitely on my cards. It was yeah. like, you messaged me just as I had a baby. I was like, dude, I ain't turning up for a little while yet. Uh, but let's, let's start talking about that for, for starters. Talk about the Junto. What was, what was the point that inspired you to start taking this route a little bit more? Well, I suppose maybe was... start with what what it is first. We should get to. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, like broad terms, uh, the Junto was actually a group that Benjamin Franklin formed back in the 1700s, and it was a group. Obviously, it was just men back then because <laughs> women were not allowed to do anything, and that was just 1700s. Um, but yeah, it was a group of men that he formed who could come together, um, talk about philosophy, talk about politics. Um, and sort of talk about ideas and philosophies that uh, would mutually benefit each other. And they're essentially a bunch of business owners or people who might be able to mutually benefit each other. Um, and just self-development. It was all about self-development, learning something about a new industry or other people or whatever. Um, and that's something that really resonated with me. And so that's why I called it the Junto, because it was essentially a group of men getting together for, for mutual growth and for, and for, and for, for development. Um, yeah, so that's the, that's the reason behind the name. Um, whether it was just because I read the book a couple of weeks before or not, I'm not sure. It's fitting though. Um, it's fitting. I like it. The, yeah. And it's got a story behind it. And I think that's an important thing for, uh, for any new sort of venture that in that way there is like, let's just come up with like the, the best, instead of like, let's come up with the best name, like the cool men's group, like yeah. uh, whatever, like not really much story behind it. It doesn't really have like, it, it's not going to grab people's attention when they, when they do find out the story there. Yeah. So I think that's uh, that's a really cool thing. But continue, tell us a little bit more about that, man. Yeah, cool. Um, so, I mean, going through the engineering world, and, and like I said, you know, I work with a lot of men in engineering, and and you see them, people, you know, I suppose the process that happens as you, you know, leave uni or you know enter the workforce, you've got all this energy, and then you know you start earning money, and now you've got a car, and you've got a house. You got a partner. You've got kids. You got responsibilities. I'm working my way up seniority through through the levels, and and I really, I probably didn't pay as much attention then to to other men's mental health, but certainly physical health. I could see um, I could see things deteriorating year on year on year. Um, but I had a couple of uh, men that I work with who had suffered, you know, like mental health challenges, um, and then yeah, coming back into the gym. Um, yeah, I, I work with men quite well, and they were the guy, they were the sort of people who I connected with the most. Um, and so, coming up to the birth of my daughter back in June last year, I went on a couple of camps and a couple of retreats with uh, some really good groups of people. And one of the biggest things was, you know, you can change your DNA on a daily basis, like the DNA that you have in your body. You know, you can you can modify that and enhance that and change that. And you know you're gonna that's what you're gonna pass on to your kids. And so there was a big thing with me. It's like cool, like I want to be the best that I can be, so that I'm passing on the best DNA that possible. Because that's all that's that's I mean apart from legacy, that's the only thing that lives on beyond you, is is your DNA through your children. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that I had the best DNA, and it just sort of got me thinking around a few things. And and yeah, literally just before she was born, so. Yeah, this time last year, I wrote a 50-page business plan for a, a men's-only sort of facility where you could come and 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 get together with 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 mates. And it was like, I mean, the gym is is that for a lot of people. 
um, it's not for some, which is which is cool. Um, but I wanted to to create a space where men could be vulnerable and and share and work hard and be challenged and challenge other people and. Um, you know, all this online stuff is really good. Like, you know, Lifeline, Beyond Blue, Black Dog Institute, these guys do amazing work. Um, but how many guys do we know who have committed suicide or, or, or something like that where you've gone, oh, man, I didn't even know. Hmm. Um, and because there's all these... I mean, there's still a lot of stereotype. It's getting a lot better than it used to be. But, um yeah, men are men are now removed from the family home. Their you know, relationships are deteriorating. Mental health um, is on the rise. But for me, just men's health in general is just is, is deteriorated a lot because yeah, we left we've left sport um, and we're yeah we've lost that camaraderie. We've lost that mateship. We're not we don't see our mates all the time anymore. Stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, like, that's kind of yeah. That's the general crux of why, um, and just because we all need a few good mates, and yeah, I just can't stress. Yeah, you know, isolation has has showed up a lot for a lot of people, and and loneliness and is is such a big killer of men. And essentially, if you look at the statistics, men win in terms of mortality in every single category like versus women not that it's a competition right but men do love competition um, um, yeah like we win in every category we've got a lower life expectancy the height the biggest risk for you and me right now is that we take ourselves out yeah and that that's a crazy thing like that's uh, I think uh, is it the highest uh, and I, I might be wrong on this but the the population group that's the highest likelihood of like suicide is like men in the age of like 35 to like 45 or something like that yeah, yeah. in Australia at least yeah um yeah. and and I think the the super empowering thing or like the super inspiring thing or what what you've uh, spoken about there is like that it's kind of been still not spoken about for men to have these places like women's health is on the rise and is and is a, a really empowering space but it still kind of has the stigma that's like if we're going to talk men's health and we're going to talk men's mental health there's still a little bit of that reservation that guys like i'm not willing to share it's like i gotta keep this to myself because i have to be strong outwardly uh whether that is physical strength or like like i can't let anyone in to know what's go- what's going on even if i'm in in trouble yeah and I think that's the uh, that's the pieces like there, there's amazing places like I'm speaking with Nez from Lissom mm. uh, tomorrow on the podcast and like Nez is doing amazing things for women's mm. health and mm. I don't think that I don't know why that is so so much that there's not really that same angle for the men's health side of things whether that's because the fitness industry has been promoted as like it's predominantly a service for women uh, not necessarily a men's and I, I think the split might be it's probably about 60 40 now towards like most gyms are like or most gyms probably have around 60 percent of women to to men Mm. and i think that's the thing that is like men still in the fitness space a lot of time aren't willing to ask for help Mm. it's like oh cool i can go to the gym and do like i can work out i know how to look after my body Uh, it's kind of like a too proud sort of thing and and it's really it's it that in itself is probably one of the biggest killers for men it's the we're we're too proud to get out to seek help Mm. and i I think that's a really really great thing of what what you're starting to do and working on inspiring with the junto is that we're going to start making people question that as like hey hold on 
Like for so long, I've had the belief that I need to keep all this bottle, bottled up to myself and keep this away from people so they don't think that I'm weak. But I can see the guys that are starting to excel and make this change are actually being vulnerable, are actually having a social network where they can go to and they can talk about these things. Maybe that's what I need instead of trying to be too proud anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's um, <laughs> kind of getting getting out of your own way a little bit. Um, but yeah, and it's not. <clears throat> there's a lot of awareness around mental health, and there's a lot of um, yeah stuff happening in that mental health space, which is really awesome. But I suppose what this is talking about more is around broadly just men's health because whether we're talking about the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, you know, there's you know, a thousand different ways that you can um, yeah, look, at, look at your health. But for me, the physical has been the gateway to everything else, like my mindset, um, yeah, my emotional state. So yeah, there's a big, big part of the, of the physical um, built in around this. And you know, this is this is just for regular blokes. Like this, like this is not a mental health asylum. Or like we're not we're not out here like crying in each other's arms like every week. You know, sort of thing. Like we're here to to just you know be be with each other and, and just be in a be in a place that um, you feel supported, but also that challenges you to be better, um, better physically or better mentally, or just challenges your perspective. I think yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Like we're too sort of too proud to seek help, but we're also sort of really closed off to our own ideas and once someone with a different opinion who you value or you respect maybe says something to you which changes your which is a different perspective to yours and you're like oh shit maybe I, maybe I wasn't right about that all along and, and that, that can just totally change your life um, and I suppose the big another big part of it is, is around mentoring like if you're 25 or if you're 15 or if you're 35 like you can't just put into Google uh, mentor. <laughs> well, you probably can, but um, like, where do you find? You're probably not getting the right answer for you're it. Probably though. not getting the right answer. Like, where are you finding strong male role models? So when boys reach the age of about 13 or 14, um, their dad will always be their biggest role model in their life. However, when they hit that age, they need other male role models to help guide them in through into manhood. And manhood's an, another conversation, but um, yeah what the junto is is about is is creating an environment where where young guys can can get mentored to to develop through that through that manhood phase and um but it's the same thing for you and me you know i'm 30 what am i 34 this year um yeah like i need a mentor you're 34 i look 34 (laughs) um yeah i need a mentor as well to to guide me through my, this stage of my life, you know, young as a young dad, and and likewise for the forty-five-year-old guy and the fifty-five-year-old guy and the sixty-five-year-old guy, and as we get older, you know, we all need stuff to do as well. Like we're all busy, but uh, yeah, there's just oh, there's so much to it. Like as like I said, oh, it's a fifty-page business plan. So it it does get uh it does get very uh very broad, and and because it needs to be because there is so many pieces to this in in what it means to be a man from so many levels from like growing up as a kid and you hit on the nail on the head as like everyone's got their dad as like their their idol and their mentor when they're growing up and then it's like well you go through and you might not get go into the same industry as your dad so then like you need a mentor in like your career because like uh, even though there is some general advice that carries over across no matter what industry you're in like you still need somebody to like show you the ropes there and 
and then like we we have that in sports a lot of the time that's what our like our coaches are like i'm sure they'd probably be uh, i say this to a lot of people is like most people have that played like a long long time in sport have like the one coach that's more memorable to them than any of the other coaches that they worked with and it sometimes it's the same one that they had the most success with on the field wise but sometimes it's the one who just taught them the most about life yeah. uh and like i know the guy that comes to mind when I think of that as a uh, as a coach within sport just made us run a hell of a lot, and then, and we weren't the most talented team, but we were the hardest working without a doubt, and and we really excelled from what our our talent should have let us get towards in, in footy, and we we went up against a lot of teams that were like better footballers, but we were willing to put in the hard yards, and we succeeded because of that, and that taught me a lot about the the value of work ethic to the rest of your life, not just in sports. And I think uh, even now that there's there's more of this pullback away from sports that have that mentoring, that coaching setting. Like I know a lot more guys are just choosing to quit playing footy at like 15, 16 years old. And I think uh, that becomes a piece that if they don't pick up somebody like like yourself in a gym setting and, and a mentor there and they just go and exercise by themselves, it leaves a big gap in the rest of their life for that. Mm. Yeah, oh, it's it's enormous, and, and the statistics are, yeah, terrible when you when you start looking at at that. And like for me, just the biggest thing is like, you know, I, th- I, I use Floyd Mayweather as, a, as an example all the time. Like this kid had nothing, and he was you know on track for the worst of the worst. He was probably going to be dead before he was twenty. He went to a boxing gym, found a mentor, and now he's you know arguably the, you know top three boxers of all time. Like how can you how can you do that? Um, and there's just so many kids like falling through the cat through the cracks, but just so many good good blokes, you know, losing their own lives or just living just living a life they're not happy with. Like I think we can I think we could probably all sit back and look back at periods of our life and go, yeah, I wasn't real happy at that point in time, but yeah, what did I do about it? Probably not much. I didn't ask for help. I didn't seek help. And um, yeah, I just want to make it as easy as possible for a regular bloke to just come somewhere and you know get some physical development get some mental development um, if they want it and just have stuff for ready for them when they when they are ready to ask a question mm. and I, want more. I think uh one of the cool things that i missed before that you brought up again there is like the physical development as you said for you is that uh that that little keystone of like you you open up that and you're like oh it, it opened up the world for everything else and i know in uh in the physiology physiology space and that sort of thing, one of the one of the terms is like the the outside gives a good indication of the inside mm. and i think that like they were more so talking in in that space when i was going through uni and that that was mentioned it held on as like oh well if you look like you're healthy for the most part of you probably are healthy from a like your heart's probably in good shape your liver's probably in good shape and that sort of stuff mm. uh but it also means the same thing with the mind it's like i think most of the people that I know that are in that space are like, and there's exceptions to it for sure on both sides because I think some people use training as a coping mechanism rather than oh, it, yeah. rather than it being like the actual like in, enlightening them. Yeah. But a lot of people that I do know that have made a lot of these changes from a mental side of things started in the fitness space, yeah. and they probably push the fitness space too far sometimes even for them. And then they're like, hold on, I don't need to be like three percent body fat or whatever it was. It's like I can be here, train like train, be healthy. And then they started working on the, the mindset and, and developing those positive habits that actually fueled their life. And I think that's really what, what we're talking about here is like, how can we help men show up in their lives more yeah. rather than just like, how can we just beat people into the ground so they're shredded? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the, things that, that's the thing that I love about every time that we talk uh, is it's more about this 
Uh, it's not about the the who's got the biggest numbers of the, the on the record board at their gym. It's like how can we how can we create humans that are willing to show up in their lives? Yeah. And I think that's the stuff that we're. I feel like we try to do our best at New Strength. You guys are trying to do your best here, and and a lot of the trainers that we we fortunate enough to get on the podcast are actually there for. And probably that's the thing that we're we're probably not talking about in the fitness industry enough. And I think that's the great thing that we're starting to we're starting to have these conversations. We're starting to bring this out to more people. So the last thing that I want to do before we wrap up is you've uh, spoke to me the other day. You have this this challenge coming up and. And I'm always in for a challenge because I, I love this sort of shit. But the the man-made challenge, I think you said it's yeah. called. First of all, what led to it? And, and then what is it? Yeah. So, like, I think in, in a broad sense, there's a lots of good places raising awareness. Um, but there's a difference between having awareness and then acknowledging that you have, a, have an issue. Um, and so I was like, oh, I want to do something that's really big that, that raises some money for people who are you know, doing really good work. Um, and also sort of like as a, as a tie-in for the Junto stuff. Um, and you know, men need a challenge, they need a purpose. Um, and, and like I said, I wanted to do something which brings people together. So community, mateship, brotherhood, um, but also yeah, sets them a challenge to do physically. And, and, and this is, a lot of this stuff is like about me, right? Like I'm doing this stuff for me um, as much as anyone else. And I think that's where my authenticism, like that's where I feel like I'm the most authentic. Like I spend a lot of time telling people what to do and, and maybe not necessarily doing it myself. So I wanted to challenge myself to do something where I had to do all those things and, and show up and show up consistently and something that scared the living crap out of me um, and that I didn't think you know maybe it was impossible um, so and something that brought together like lots of different passions so I was like what's really hard like what's something really hard like Everest base camp or you know there's a lot of stuff that's off limits now because we can't travel um, and what's but I was like all right what's something we can do close to home um, I was like oh yeah you, know, you can do like a run or a ride I was like oh people have done that all people do that all the time and, and, they, and it's cool and stuff I was like but what's even harder like what's harder than an Iron Man it's like oh like surely there's something hard like I think I googled something harder than an Iron Man <laughs> and it came up and there's this thing called the Ultraman and uh, it's a world it's a worldwide event um, where you do a 10 kilometer swim a 420 kilometer bike and you do a 82 kilometer run so it's like a, it's a double Iron Man and you do it over three days now there's one that runs in Noosa and yeah it's called the Ultraman and they were supposed to have it probably like two weeks ago but obviously cancelled with all this stuff um, you weren't jumping in on no prep surely no, no definitely not <laughs> definitely not um, yeah and it, it didn't even I was just looking for ideas um, because I wanted to do something in Newcastle um, and so I was like, oh, that sounds really, really hard. I'm a terrible swimmer. Like, I'm an average runner. I'm an average cyclist. Um, I was like, sure. Why couldn't I do a double Ironman over three days? Like, it would be really hard. Um, and then I suppose the other part of that, or well, there's three parts to it. So there's, like, uh, there's going to be a strength event. So, like, obviously I run a gym. Strength has been a big part of my life over the last sort of 10 years. Um, and I wanted to bring that community together. You know, there's been things like lift for kilos, you know, deadlift for kilos and all that sort of stuff. So, um, 
yeah, so we're going to have a strength event on one day and then we're going to try and back it up with a three-day event. We're still working out the final details, um, but we're going to back it up with this sort of three-day challenge. Um, yeah, and then we're going to finish off with a dinner event where we get a bunch of you know, awesome guest speakers in, sort of like a sportsman's lunch type thing. Um, you know, people that have done some really cool stuff and get a couple hundred people in a room and, and have a dinner and talk about some, some men's health challenges. And, and I mean, the golf, I'm putting it out there. I don't know if it's achievable or not, but to raise $250,000 for a bunch of local charities um, who are doing really good work directly with the community. Um, I don't want it to go to like a, a, a pool of money for a big organisation. Like I want to I wanna know where it's going. So... Um, yeah, local companies supporting local people and yeah so I just wanted to bring a bunch of people together to yeah set themselves a challenge um, and then just train for it in a show up and yeah get excited something to get excited about on the back off the back of being isolated for yeah eight ten weeks yeah awesome man and like let's let's touch on a few things I want to unpack there is like the first bit of, like this idea that comes to mind and it's something that uh I got from a guy named Luca Hosevar that you might know of. Uh, this is a few years ago, and it was literally it was like a throwaway comment in like a in a podcast interview that he was in. But it was like this idea of like taking on something once a year that changes the course of your next yeah. 365 days. Yeah. And as soon as you told me about this, I was like, "That's fucking it." Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, you can swear on the show. I know you've tried <laughs> to avoid it a few times, but I end up dropping it in every now and then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like. That's, that's what this is about. It's like, if, even if you're not going to try to take on the whole thing and, and, and I don't know at what level, like depending on how this lines up with future competitions when we get back to it for, uh, for myself, is like, I'm in at yeah. some degree of this. Yeah. Uh, but the cool thing is, is like, we're going to be able to like, the guys that get involved in this aren't going to look at life the same mm. the day after as they did in the prep work in the lead up. Yeah. Like they're going to be completely different people. Uh, they're still going to have the tenets of the great stuff they had in there, but they're going to have a whole new perspective on on life because of the work that they put into this, how they have to show up for it. And the important part is that it's so such a big, like it's, it's an event that you have to put, show up for <laughs> because you can't get away with just like, oh, cool, I'll just like, I'll swim once and I'll be fine. Yeah. Like, so I, I think that's a really super cool thing is like you, we're – what you're doing here is trying to come up with something that's like it's gonna change lives in a positive way without being that like without selling that as a like oh come here and we're gonna change your life it's like no this is gonna be the reality of when you show up to do this Mm. for the six months that you need to prepare before it Mm. you're gonna come out of this six months and if you do this you're gonna be a completely different person you're gonna and you're gonna bring that back to everyone else in your life and I think that's what what the key here that we've been talking the whole time about is like it's, it is about change, like changing yourself first or like developing yourself first, mm. but it's how that carries over to everything else. Mm. And I'm sure that's like anyone that's been through a huge physical transformation and mindset transformation as a result of them engaging in fitness the way that, the way that it has for us in our lives would know more than anything else is like it's special when you can see the work that you've put in. Mm. But when you see like the fire in somebody else's eyes and them them inspired because of what you've done and the change that they're willing to make for that, that's 10x the, the value of you going, oh yeah, I deadlifted 200 kilos or I lifted this stone or whatever that is. Mm. I finished this super long race. Like there's always accomplishment in that. Mm. But as you said before, it's like this legacy piece of knowing, knowing that that's transcended yourself and helped others. 
that I think is uh, the super powerful piece behind it. And I'm really excited to see us, uh, whatever, the, whatever it ends up being shaped towards and whatever I get myself into for this. Yeah. But I'm super excited to see how it, how it comes together. And, and I'm really, really keen to be on board to uh, try to help make this happen and, and do a lot of great for the, for probably more than just Newcastle community alone, because yeah. I'm sure that there's going to be guys that are, that are willing to get after it, willing to put in the work that are from all over the place that are going to want to be in on this. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think that's, you sort of hit the nail on the head. Like, I'm not even sure I'm going to fit. Like, I, saw, I spoke to the coach today and he's like, I said, I don't really, I'm not even sure I'll finish it. He's like, you'll finish it. And I was like, okay. Like, it's, but that's, it's that's a, how you probably, like, it's not, it's that's not the about thing. that. That's it's not what, even about finishing. It's just about, it's about the, it's about the process. And I read this awesome video by a guy called Alan Watt. It's like, he's like, life is not a journey, it's a dance. And so for me, the gold, and everything about this is going to be in that process of getting, you know, preparing it. And, and it's going to be so much more of a mental challenge than even a physical one. Like the physical stuff is going to be super hard. But like you said, the, the mental side of this, like it got me out of bed yesterday when it was wet and cold. And, you know, if we can get more blokes getting out of bed in when it's wet and cold, then we're going to have much better, you know, health, men's health. I love it, man. Let's, uh, let's wrap up here. This has been uh, such a great thing. And I, I'm inspired off the back end of talking, <laughs> talking about this stuff. I'm fired up. Uh, we could go for hours on this stuff because I think we both love this so much. But if people are interested in getting on board with the Junto, like finding out more about what, you, what you're doing with that there, uh, they want to know more about the man-made challenge. Maybe if they want to make a suggestion to what needs to be involved in this. Oh, yeah, love how suggestions. Do they, how do they get involved or how, how can they reach out to you? Um, so you can jump. There's the website called the, uh, just the Junto Hub com.au um, we're on Facebook and Instagram and all that so you can reach out to us through there um, I'll, yeah I need to do a little bit of work to get things prepped up like I said it's still early days it's going to the event's going to be end of October start of November um, nice. so we've got like plenty of time to train for something um, so yeah just reach out like it's it's for anyone and everyone like beginners like it's, like you said it doesn't have to be you don't have to do the whole thing like just set yourself a challenge that scares you a little bit um you know, you can be sitting on the couch and 20 kilos overweight right now, and that's okay. We'll we'll look after you, and yeah, it's about it's about mateship and, and doing it together. So um, yeah, jump on the website. Uh, there'll be a few links there, and uh, yeah, get in touch. We'd love to hear from all of you. Awesome. That's uh, this has been great. Thanks so much, guys. If you've listened to this, if this has got you as fired up as it's got me fired up, make sure you get a uh, reach out to Mick or like touch base with us. Um, I'm I. Mick's just joined uh, the new group, the new eHealth Hub, that we're going to be reaching out and trying to trying to inspire a lot of people in the local community to get the most out of their health and fitness and, and connect people with awesome people like yourself. Uh, so I really, really hope that we can do some more cool stuff of like showing your journey in the in that space as well as things develop and as things grow towards that. So if you guys aren't in that Facebook group yet, uh, you can find it at facebook.com slash groups slash new health hub all in one thing but we'll drop it in links on everything as well uh we'd love to have you in part of part of that and that's it guys we will see you guys next week on the new strength weight beautiful thanks jacob